Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Hi, I'm Gina Minetli, and welcome to Food Allergy Chat. Today I am speaking with Cyrus Moasasi, Food Allergy Youth Advocate. Hi, Cyrus. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for um, being with me today. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit about you. Um, could you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm 16 years old. I'm a junior in high school, and I have food allergies to a few different things, peanuts, tree nuts, and sesame seeds, to name a few. And I recently kind of just been working on some food allergy advocacy stuff that will be revealed in the near future. And um, I think that's really it about me. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> No, that's all great, and um, I know a lot of people in the food allergy world, adults that have been working for a long time, um, first became aware of you when you competed for the Nevada um, TEDx Talk spot. Did you want to talk a little bit about that and uh, what you chose to speak about? Oh, yeah, sure. I was actually privileged enough to um, apply and get into the TEDx Reno Talk, where basically it's just a mini TED Talk um, for a spot um, at the Reno, I guess, local uh, TED Talk or TEDx Talk thing. And what I talked about was food allergy exclusion in schools, which that's basically um, kids who get excluded, whether it be because of their food allergies, um, directly or indirectly. So, for instance, having to sit at a peanut-free table or people consciously just not bringing them anything when, like, there's an event and things like that. Yeah, that, and that's um, a subject that is really important to me uh, coming from the public school system as a um, teacher. And that's something I really work to um, improve in our school system. So that really was exciting for me to hear um, someone that had been, had been through something speaking about it directly because I feel you have a really powerful voice being able to speak from that perspective. And I know that you wrote um, an article for Allergic Living kind of about your personal experiences. Was there a personal experience you were willing to share with us that we could possibly um, learn from? Yeah, sure. Actually, the experience I described in that article that I wrote was um, recently, like about a year ago, I went on a school trip to go ski kayaking. And when we were coming back from the trip, we went to go stop for food at this place that, for me, was a known place that I, I couldn't eat at because of the food allergies. It was a hamburger place. And having a sesame allergy, that's like nightmare 101. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go somewhere where the sesame seeds are flying everywhere. Right, but, a lot of cross-contact um, issues. The, the teachers on the trip did know that I couldn't eat there. But um, when I got there, instead of like us going somewhere else or them realizing, like, oh, Cyrus can't eat here, they actually deferred me to going next door to the market to pay for my own food, which the 
the lunch itself was paid for by the school. And um, the part that was, I guess, annoying about it was less the fact that they didn't pay for it, more the fact that they just excluded me because it seemed like um, they didn't care enough to say, oh, Cyrus can go eat at this other place that's over here. But we really like this place, so we're going to eat here. So I just kind of talked about, like, how that feels because um, just on an emotional level, it feels pretty, pretty bad when someone treats you like you're not important enough to mm-hmm. have them go out of their way. So I just talked a lot about that and the exclusion behind it and how it's really, like, it's not right, but it's also something that can be avoided through education because a lot of these people, it's, it's not something that they're consciously trying to do. It's just that they have had so little interaction with people with food allergies and so little education on how to, like, help, I don't want to say manage these people, but um, help them manage their disease. So right, basically, and I I agree with you. Yeah, I think if it's advanced planning, and if something happens on the fly like that, it's taking the time to speak with you directly about what would make you feel most comfortable instead of saying, "Okay, you're on your own. You go over here, and the rest of us are going to enjoy our time in a separate space." So I think I think there's a lot of messaging that we can learn about what as adults what messages we're sending to children by our behavior. But I think you have a bigger message um, about inclusion. Did you have you formulated your talking points and what your message is to adults that may be working with children with food allergy? Um, I don't have any like specific thing that I say, but um, basically, you can't you can't exclude someone because of the food allergies. What you should do is just strive to have everyone included, which we already try and do, and make sure you cover all the bases. So if you know someone has food allergies, or even if you don't, just ask around and see what you can do to supplement that instead. Like I know some of the examples I've used in the past for especially like teachers on the teacher spectrum is if you're having a birthday party, you don't necessarily need to bring cake. You don't need to have cupcakes or anything like that. Why not do like, uh, we're going to have a sports and games day, or we're going to like have party favors and things like that. You don't have to limit yourself to whatever, I guess, society dictates is appropriate for that kind of event. Right. I think culturally we've moved um, towards food a lot for celebrating. And, um, but through my experience working with children, I find that they have more fun even when there isn't the food. Um, There's so much that you can do to celebrate without the use of food. But if there is going to be food, you just need to put in those advanced planning measures to make sure that every child is fully included. Um, You also gave some advice for young people managing food allergy um, to advocate for themselves. Did you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, um, actually. uh, One of the things that I like to tell people my age especially is that you need to come to terms with your food allergies and you need to be okay with it because you have food allergies, and that's not something you should hide, especially from other people who want to help you. Because I know 99.99% of all adults that I've talked to, if I tell them I have food allergies, they're there backing me 110%. Like, how can we make this easier on you? How can we help? No one ever turns you down. So you just need to talk to other people, explain, like, your limitations, what you can, what you can't do, what makes you feel the best, because the emotional side is one of the biggest sides to it, too. Because when you accept that other people, I guess, can kind of 
I don't want to say shut you out, but can do whatever they want without you having a say. That's when you kind of accept a defeat, and then that's when you feel like it's your fault and you're making things. Um, yeah, and you will become almost a victim of it instead of feeling empowered and taking control. And taking control. Right. Of it. Right. Yeah, so I, I think guess, those are really good messages. I think what you just stated as the response that you've received from adults, those words like "What can we do to make you comfortable? How can we support you?" Those are the kinds of that's the dialogue I'd like to see all the time from adults. And so I think. The flip side of what you said is, as adults, the type of questions you you should be asking children with food allergy is, what can I do to support you? How can I make this safe? Open-ended questions to help guide. And then you're saying that your experience as a child advocating is if you're able to own your, your medical condition or disability or whatever you choose to call it, and you're able to speak about it, that you've had positive feedback from the adults that you work with. Yeah, exactly, because no one wants to see anyone else having a harder time um, just living and doing a simple thing like eating. So everyone really wants to help. So the more that you can just express, like, your needs and talk to people about it and just kind of open up, then the better off you'll be. Because that's one of the things that I found, especially with that incident, I went and talked to some of the teachers afterwards, and I was like, hey, like, I know that you weren't intentionally trying to do this, but this really hurt me. And they kind of turned around and were like, oh, whoa, we're sorry. We really didn't realize that we were doing that. Like, in the future, we're going to fix that. We're going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And even the administration of my school was very nice about it. They were very, like, they handled it well. They, they were very much, I don't want to say apologetic, which they were very apologetic, but more like, we're going to move forward so this doesn't happen anymore. Because... That's the end goal. Everyone wants to just have education for food allergies, and everyone wants to make it so it's not even a problem anymore. Yeah, and I think that's a good lesson to learn for all of us is that, you know, as parents of children with food allergy or someone that's living with food allergy and those managing it on the school side is that we're on this journey. It's a relatively new medical condition, and we're all learning. So it's important that we be open and flexible and willing to make mistakes and forgive those mistakes and learn together. And then hopefully, ultimately, we're able to put in place policies and ways of managing it that's helpful for everybody. So it sounds like you took a negative thing and kind of turned it into a positive for your school. And I'm sure other children that come after you will now have better management in place because they were able to learn from that. I always tell people that the strongest tool that we have with food allergies is education. It's just educating people so everyone knows exactly what's going on. I agree. Thank you so much. That, that's such good information. Um, so I, you mentioned that you're going to be launching something soon. I don't know if you're ready to speak about that, but if you are, please let us know about that. And then I have a couple of other questions that I'd like to ask you. Sure. I can actually explain it a little bit, like a short, brief detail. So um, I'm actually in the process of launching my own little website right now, which will um, it'll be expanded into different fronts. And what it is is it's an educational resource for people without food allergies on those who have food allergies. So the reason I chose that was because I found that if you go online, if you go in books and whatever educational like, resource you want to look at, Everything that there is about food allergies is geared towards people who have it and understand it to at least a certain extent. But there's nothing out there for people who don't have it. 
So it's very hard to find, like, information on what's good to do if you have someone's kid who has food allergies coming over to your house. So my idea was, why don't I create this website dedicated to people who don't have food allergies that has, like, informational pamphlets, like checklists, things like that, that they can, um, if you will, have icebreakers in conversations with people with food allergies. And even on that, it would affect the, like, parents, teenagers, and workspace is what I'm going for. Like, those are kind of the three big sections. I don't want yeah. to spoil too much. I think that's but... great. I think that, no, I think that's excellent. I definitely think there's a need for that, and I think it's really exciting. I think it's along the lines of some of the things that we as food allergy consultants that are out there are doing for people on a consulting basis, but you're right. There isn't a central place just solely dedicated to that. So I think that sounds really exciting, um, and I look forward to seeing that. But I had a couple of little questions for you. Um, I wanted to know um, five years from now, what would you like to be doing? Where do you see yourself? Um, well, in college, <laughs> knock on wood, a really good one. But in the food allergy world, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have this website up. I'd like to have this business kind of chugging on its own. And really, I'd like to be able to just go around and teach people. Like I want to do, I guess, more speaking to people my age and people, I guess, older than me, but my, mainly my age because I feel like um, teenagers in middle school is really kind of an underserved area in the sense that they don't have someone who also has their disability explaining, like, I know what it feels like, this is what it is, this is how you get through, like, how you get through it. Because most of the support you get is from your family and your doctors, and not many of them actually have food allergies. And from, yeah, and from, yeah, and from your parents and your adults, so they're not speaking to you on, on the same level. So what you can't see right now because we're recording this is me nodding on the other side. <laughs> um, that sounds really exciting, and I would love to see you out there. And um, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I would love for her to be able to attend an event where she could listen to you speak because I think you have a different message and, and, and you're able to empower other young children in a way that we as adults can't. So I think that's really exciting. Um, the last question I have for you is, what do you hope to see within the food allergy community in the next five years? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> I know, it is a, um, it's a pretty broad one, too. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I want to see come out of the food allergy commu community is just a real push for educating schools and just educating everyone, but schools in general, or not in general, specifically, on food allergies and, like, how important they are. Because I think a lot of people struggle with finding that food allergies are as severe as they are because it's truly an invisible, like, disease. Because you see me walking down the street and you say, oh, look, look at this kid. He, he's fit. Like, he can run. He's on the track team. He does all this stuff. And he's a totally normal person. But you can't see that I actually have this life-threatening, like, disease that food will kill me. Um, whereas it's, like, much easier if you see someone in a wheelchair. So I think that one of the things the food allergy community needs to work towards is just more widespread communication and education and just more policies in the school. I know a lot of different groups, even on a local level, 
are striving towards um, creating new food allergy policy. Like, for instance, in my state, which is Nevada, we just, this last year actually, passed our stock epinephrine bill. So now schools can keep just stock epinephrine, like it's um, Band-Aids, for instance. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely a step in the right direction. And I just want to see I a lot agree. more of that happening. Me too, and I'm I'm right there with you, and that's what I I would like to like to see also. And I certainly will do whatever I can to push that forward. Um, Cyrus, thank you so much. I learned so so much from you. This is a great interview, and I appreciate your work in our community. And I want to thank you on behalf of parents of children with food allergies, but also on behalf of, you know, my daughter and all the other kids that are learning from you and looking up to you. So thanks so much for joining me. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.